Hey, hey, soul fam. Welcome, welcome to a new episode of Ceremony Circle Podcast. I am your host, shaman and author of Animal Power Book, Allison Charles. And today's sacred voyage takes us into the world of sound, specifically infusing elements of global bass, electronic, Middle Eastern music, hip hop, and ambient soundscapes brought to us by Iranian-American producer, DJ, and sound healer, Shiva Rasa. I love saying her name like that. You'll hear me say it more than once in today's show. I met Shiva Rasa when we were both a part of the Modern Nirvana Conference. She was on the turntables while Luke and I gave a talk on sacred unions for our brand, Higher Power Couple. And when I met her, I was just digging her depth and her willingness to step up as a strong female in a typically male-dominated industry, something I can for sure relate to. And she's garnered respect from and played for some of the biggest names in both the music and spiritual worlds. And today, she and I go with you on a fully live journey of our own as I was instructed by Divine to not have any questions devised ahead of time for this interview. So we just flow. And a few of the places we flow are, what is behind the medicine name Shiva Rasa? And what does the name mean? What creating music with a spiritual vibe is like, how she takes folks on a fully immersive sonic journey that inspires deep relaxation, trance states, and an opportunity to observe within. And has she ever bombed at a big gig? The short answer is yes, but what does she do to overcome stage fright? And how does she get over those challenging performances? And then we flow into the power of breath work, you'll not only be taken into one of the most healing portals possible through the power of working with your breath, but you will be able to do it with Shiva Rasa's guidance and sound blended in with this special closing ceremony circle practice that happens at the end of today's episode. And we go into some more of the details and specifics of breath work, but I just want to advise again here in the intro of this episode, that if you're new to breath work, just be mindful, maybe ease into it with an extra layer of awareness and just take it easy if this is your first time because breath work can be incredibly potent. Then we also dive into how you can unlock your inner rock star, make music and unleash your creativity and why you should never be ashamed in wanting to do so. So, all right, fam, this is a super fun one. Let's get into this dance with DJ, producer, and healer, Shiva Rasa. Shiva Rasa. I would just love to begin with knowing the juicy texture and essence with the name. Let's mm. begin there. I love that. Yeah, so my my real name is Sarah Shivarani. It's Persian. I'm Iranian. And I went by DJ Shiva for over a decade. And one of my partners in college was like, you should go by Shiva. I was like, oh, I don't know. It was years ago, almost 17, 18 years ago. I was like, it's too ethnic. I'm not sure if I like it. But it's part of my last name. And I just embraced it. And I became DJ Shiva for 10 years. And then recently, in the past 
two years, I changed to Shiva Rasa. And the reason for that was there was a few reasons. I was going through a major shift. I had just gone through uh, a breakup of an eight-year relationship. And I was also transitioning with my music, being more conscious and of service with the Mm. type of music I was creating and providing and my events as well. And also I had someone I was working with who was a manager and and said, you know what, there's a big Shiva out there who signed to Sony, he's a rapper, this might be an issue for you. And also she was incredibly hard to find me when you search Shiva Mm. on Google because Shiva is a deity. (laughs) There's plenty of search results that pop up there. Yeah. Yeah. I started playing with different names that were closer to my last name, Shivarani. And I actually reached out to my dear friend, Shiva Ray, who's an incredible yogi. And she was like, what about Shiva Rasa? Mm. (laughs) And as soon as she said it, it was like, oh, it hit me. And I looked up rasa um, in Indian Sanskrit. It means juice and elixir. But in Indian art theory, it means that the purpose of art is to entertain. Mm. But it's not just to entertain. Mm. It's to take you to God. Mm. And I was like, that's it. That's what we're doing. That would resonate. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's so powerful. It's one of those names every once in a while I'll meet someone or become friends with someone where just hearing or saying the name itself, it evokes something like I did in the beginning, Shiva Rasa, like it just carries with it a whole other life force, a whole other energetic. And it's beautiful. Thanks for honestly sharing that because it is such a journey with these different types of medicine names that come into our fields oftentimes unexpectedly. Like I certainly, if you had told me when I was 16 or 25, that at some point this name would be downloaded and given to me from spirit, you know, rock star shaman, I would have thought you were nuts. But having also been someone that a name has just entered into the field and and been instructed in different ways to be utilized. And then when you answer that call, all the different things that you experience, because typically these medicine names carry with it so much expansion and other that stuff with it. So I'm curious for you in the last year and a half or two years since you've shifted to this different name, have you noticed specifically within your own being things that have changed because you, you said yes to Shiva Rasa? I love that. <sighs> and I love your name. Yeah. Yes. And 100%. When I changed my name to Shiva Rasa, it felt a falling to my knees in mm. a sense in, mm. in devotion to Ooh. something greater than me and releasing this egoic need to be recognized or go through this path of an artist that I thought that I was supposed to go on. I always wanted to do music since I was a kid. I always knew that I wanted to produce before I knew what producing was. Mm. I just knew I wanted to play with sound. DJing came as an extension of that, but I was making tracks and producing before I was DJing. So it's very deep, but as years went on and I moved to LA and I I got into the industry and you start putting yourself out there, this other part of me was created that 
saw other DJs and artists on a particular path and wanted to be on that same path. Mm. But through my journey hasn't evolved in that way. In a sense, I've been a a bit of a late bloomer, but it's been exactly what it's needed to be. And as I changed my name to Shiva Rasa, it was very much a acknowledgement of that, that I am on a different path and I'm on a path of healing myself and through devoting myself to being in integrity, mm-hmm. I can now use my gifts, my crafts, my passion to support others in their healing mm-hmm. as well. And it, it has been a shift and it, it was a vibrational shift. It was a spiritual shift, but it was also a very practical shift in the focus of my productions and my DJ events. Yeah. I feel everything you just shared so deeply. Yeah. I guess the last thing that I'll just piggyback on what you're sharing. Yes. It's, it is very intriguing when these names enter in that alignment, then that different shift into truly being of service and to saying yes to yourself finally like the true you that was waiting to be born and now has more permission through this medicine name and the integrity line that then reveals by saying yes that it's just the layers and the spider web that comes with just this one act it's forever a teacher and expander so I'm glad we just kind of organically started with that. It's interesting too, because my background, and I want to get into so many things as you've been sharing, there's like downloads like crazy. I'm like, Oh, remember that one. Remember this one. Remember those four. Um, so I'm just going to trust the weaving, but I typically, because my background before I had my awakening is in radio and TV, both on air and production. I typically love to prepare and like access in and feel in, in the days leading up to the interview and like usually have like pages of notes. And for some reason with you, it was so clear two days ago when I started, when I thought I was going to prepare the questions and then yesterday and this morning, it was just like spirit was like, no questions. Like you guys are just going to talk. You're going to do your own soundscape. It was just like this thing that came in. And for me, it's fine. You know, I've done thousands of interviews. Like I can trust that, but it's just not my normal or comfort zone. Yeah. I just wanted to speak that out that we're just going to go on this totally soundscapey, flowy voyage together as sisters. And I would love to then take it back to something you were touching on. I'm curious when you knew that the call of music and sound, you know, that seems like it was always present, but when you officially decided like I can, or I want to, or I will, or I am making this my career, that first entry point into the music industry, what kind of music were you making then? Cause I found this clip of you, um, cause I used to be a hip hop morning show host. So I was really enjoying somehow I stumbled upon the clip where you were like DJing with Snoop and like blunts were being smoked. And I just, I relate to that world. <laughs> I've definitely spent many years in that world specifically. And it was during my time being a morning show host at the hip hop station that I started to have some of those awakenings of like, I felt like I was being socially irresponsible and I was just like, wow, I'm reaching all these people, but this morning show is fun. But what am I really saying? What am I really contributing? So I'm just curious for you, you know, your entry point, like, have you changed a lot in terms of the energetics you are sharing in a room? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, as far as 
That clip was taken from when I used to DJ with Be Real from Cypress Hill. Okay. And I met Be Real and his crew when I was in college. And they had a studio close to Cal State Northridge where I went to college. And I went to school for music. I went, it was half music theory and half music business at Cal State Northridge. Okay. And so I had to audition to get in. And that, and I played the piano growing up. But that was, I'll go into the, my entry point first and then to, to the Cypress Hill journey. I played the piano growing up. My dad forced me to play when I was a kid, but I fell in love with it. And I played all of this repertoire, classical, jazz, mm. pop. But as I entered into college, I just didn't think that was something, music was something I could actually do. Mm. I didn't, for whatever reasons, it wasn't like a real thing for me. So I spent the first four years just taking general classes, but I was a honor student. I was almost like a straight A student. And so it was my fourth year when it really hit me, the decision. And I said, if I could ace all these classes that I don't give a shit about, mm. why can't I do music? Why not? Your you own know. soul's like, hello, yeah. knock, knock, knock. <laughs> yeah. And I was gravitating towards things I love, which was film. And, you know, I've always loved like visual aesthetic and film, but it was like, I started it and just, it wasn't it. And I knew my soul knew it was music, but you had to audition to get in and you had to do a sight reading test. And I hadn't played the piano in like four years. I really hadn't played since I was in college. And I was like, there's no way. But then I stopped and I paused and I looked back and I said, you've been acing all these classes. Why can't you do the one thing you want to do the most? Right. It's just time and energy and focus. So it was the summer of my 21st birthday. I, I went back to Florida, which is where I grew up. My family was, and I studied my ass off and I prepared and I came back to LA and I passed and I got into the program and I said, this is it. I'm doing music. Mm. And that's when I also started DJing and I reached out to a friend of mine and I was like, will you teach me? And so I got into the program and that's when my life changed and everything pivoted. And while I was in college, I was out interning at radio stations, at record labels and meeting people. And through that network, I got connected with Be Real from Cypress Hill. And I went into their studio. I remember the first time and they're just, it's how they're hot boxing. And I'm just, they're like, Hey, just pop in on camera. And at first I started as a DJ, just DJing. And then I transitioned to co-host and just uncomfortably high, like the whole experience. Wow. <laughs> That's, that is a wild chapter of life and career. This is a powerful medicine, marijuana. It's, it's not something I can do socially a whole lot these days as I've gotten older. Same, like ever <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Just, yeah. So I would be smoking with these guys on camera and I did this show for four years. Wow. Okay. And I even started my own show on there. And at a certain point I was like, okay, I think I should go off and do my own thing. And it's all love and 
those guys are like my big brothers. And the day when Snoop Dogg came in was absolutely incredible. <laughs> Looked pretty legendary, yeah. I must admit. I mean, the freestyling, the whole vibe. I was like, this, okay, this is a vibe right here. Yeah. That energy, that freestyle, like in the moment. It's very activating and electrifying. So live. Yes, it was live. We were live. Be Real was stuck at the airport. I had to host and DJ while that that's why they were hosting because Be Real was stuck at the airport. So wow. it was just like it was I was it was a moment to shine and I ran with it. And it was like one of those moments when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Right. I was like ready for the opportunity. Mm. And it just worked out. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so great. Yeah. Being live, it's so, I, it's my preference. In fact, for even, you know, ceremony circle, even with my editor and like producers, it's just, I, there's really no editing to do. Cause I'm just, I'm used to the morning show was live. The TV talk show I hosted was live. Like everything I've done in media and the entertainment industry is always just been live. So I can do it another way, but I just prefer for it to be raw and organic. In fact, you know, when other guests like send me like notes or like, Oh, like if it's something super sensitive, if they're just like, you know, I meditated on this and I just like, we, but for the most part, all my guests know, like it's just (laughs) whatever blurts out is just, we're just going to be on this ride. There's some, there's like such big medicine in live. It requires you to show up so fully and all dimensions and all aspects. And there's just so much going on within you internally and externally. And it's just such a unique situation to be. And I'm really grateful that I've had that piece woven throughout my life. And it brings me to, so our mutual friend, Karina Dawn, had this lovely launch party for her new initiative platform business called The Big Silence. And I was so excited when she said that she was bringing you into town here in Austin to be the music weaver, the DJ for the day. And it was so nice for me to be able to experience more of you, you know, in your calling, because while we were both a part of the modern Nirvana conference that was here, I was upstairs, like Luke and I were giving a talk and it was, our talk was, I think like the last or one of the last ones. So I just needed, I was just like cocooning up in that green room and I didn't get to like really get into your vibe that day. Cause you were downstairs doing what you were there to do. So yesterday it was just so nice for me. I could feel who you are more and I could feel how you do what you do more. And, and for everyone joining us, the soul fam joining us when Shiva came in today to, to do this. And he was like, yeah, I just like, I couldn't stop. I started doing like pelvic thrusts. I was like, I couldn't stop thrusting my pelvis. And I was just doing it over and over. And she's like, that's what I do. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? So can you share a little bit about the pelvic thrust activation <laughs> and just the dynamic of the holding of the space and just how you mm. do what you do a little bit. And yeah. I know it's hard to put into words, but no, I, I loved seeing you there and I love seeing <laughs> you moving and I, you can tell a lot about someone about how they approach the DJ booth oh. and I could feel your awareness mm. and sensitivity to the energy that was being broadcasted through the music because the music is speaking and I am weaving these tracks together and I love when people feel that as you approach anyone who's in their zone or element yeah is an awareness that there's something happening 
Right. Oh, thanks for saying that. Yeah. Yes. And and it was so funny when I did feel the full green light to just bring <laughs> our, our dog Cookie up there for Cookie and I to get a little girl time with you. Like, yeah, just there was this avenue that was open and for me to just go straight up to the front. And then literally right when I land up there, it was this J-Lo song. I was like, oh, but of course, <laughs> I happen to have this outfit on that felt very J-Lo-esque. And the timing, I don't know, is pretty funny. Yes. The J-Lo remix. Yeah. It was just, yeah. Oh yeah. That was perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I really gravitate towards deep bass music and music that activates this, like, almost like this shadow work slash healing space where they can come together, where you can experience a healing within these lighter realms but also these darker realms Mm. and I like to play with that sonically I like to be intentional with the way that I mix really sort of like darker sounds and minor keys and chords with like bright Mm. sounds and major tones love that I'm experiencing a like a healing in those bringing those two sounds together. Yes. And yesterday at the big silence with Karina was a great opportunity to do that because energetically that was the intention of the day was to celebrate and also acknowledge these spaces that are scary Mm. for us to go into. It was a combination of lounging, but also dancing. And so I got to play around and for me, it's been very healing to go into the root chakra and do healing energy. Do the pelvic thrusting. Do the pelvic thrusting. Yes. There's so much energy down there. <laughs> yeah. it, just, it just makes me laugh because even Karina's husband, they, they had a silent auction room. There was a lot of different pieces to this event. And Luke and I went into the silent auction room to see what was available to bid on, support the initiative. And Karina's husband was in there and I, yeah, he commented, he liked, I purchased a big silence beanie and, and all I could say back to him was I just can't quit (laughs) thrusting my pelvis. And he's like, okay. And I was just, yeah. So I just, I'm really loving that we're just down in here right now. And yeah, just getting into that root chakra because it Mm. obviously is such a vital key. Can't, I mean, you can't know your whole self. You can't experience the fullness of this life. Like you are there's no way that you're not stunted as a being and as an experiencer of, of the earth walk if you're not doing the root work, like if you're not going into that place. Yes. And music is such a beautiful avenue and permission slipped for us to activate that part of our body. Mm. Yeah. 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 It gave me full permission. <laughs> yeah. I was just thrusting all around everywhere. That makes me so happy. Oh my gosh. And yeah, how are you uh, doing the reading and the anchoring and the holding just energetically? Can you try to explain a little bit to us when you're up there doing what you're doing? What are you doing to create that healing medicinal Mm -hmm. zone? Yeah. I mean... On a practical level, as a DJ, what I'm doing is blending two tracks together and transitioning from one track to another track. That's a very like basic practical level of what's happening. And another practical piece of that is preparation. So thinking about where I'm going, what the vibe is, 
being really mindful of that. I do enjoy being very mindful of spaces. There's certain events I go to and I show up and it's a hundred percent me, no fucks given about the crowd, mm-hmm. but that doesn't, that it, it depends. Right. It depends. You know, I've been DJing for 15 years and I'm very sensitive to the different places that I get booked. Some events I'm getting booked and it's, there is a mindfulness that's required to show up in the space and, and cater to the space and give it exactly what it needs while simultaneously sharing my unique and authentic self. And then there's times where it's like, just show up and do you. And we're here to watch that. Mm, I love that. Yeah. That is so amazing. God, that has to be such a fascinating experiment of sorts. (laughs) Like on the times that is the invitation that you're aware of and what you want to answer to and do to then see what then by you doing you zero fucks given showing up for you, has it been a whole then varied reaction when you do perform from that place? What's happening outside of you then has to be fascinating to watch. Yeah. I mean, what's fascinating to watch is what I do when I have that permission slip to have no fucks given. It's usually depends on where I'm at. I'm interested in like what comes through me when I have that permission slip and I have full reins to just be 100%. What's something that comes through? Sometimes it's really, I like to go into these dark realms. I love electronic music. I love deep bass music that puts you in those shamanic trance, which, you know, yesterday was not the vibe (laughs) for that. There was an energy that I wanted to be mindful of when I have permission to go fully into and not that I wasn't doing what I wanted to do yesterday. It's always a combination. Right. Because I love everything that I played yesterday. The pop remixes and I, I blended in global music, Middle Eastern, African. I was all over the place. Yeah. But yeah, it's always fascinating to see what I'm more fascinated by myself <laughs> when mm-hmm. I have that permission. Mm-hmm. It's like a little kid that just gets to paint without concern about anything are you ever kind of simultaneously shamanic journeying especially when you're in those different soundscapes and beats like while you're very present and conscious and focused on doing the work you're there to do are you also sometimes like being visited by peacocks or different spiritual guides or are you having certain light bulbs go off for your own soul 100 percent yeah. It particularly, that happens more when I'm at home and I'm producing music because I'm in the comfort of my own home. Right. There's nobody around. So when I'm producing, I feel like I enter a different field, a different space and I'm channeling. And that's something that I'm really passionate about is creating a sacred container and space for that flow state, for that channeling to happen. That's how I channel is through music and sound. Mm. I hear things, Mm. but I also do that while I'm DJing live. I hear things. And I think every DJ has this experience. You hear the next song before it comes Mm -hmm. and it's like having Mm -hmm. visions. I notice a lot of times the room will go kind of blurry. So I'm, I'm reading energy. I'm feeling people moving. I'm feeling when I play something and the movement diminishes a little bit and it's like, Oh, that one didn't work. Let's Mm. go here. It's, uh, this like energetic awareness of what's happening in the room through my body 
and then knowing where to go next, but also having that be coupled with preparation of knowing how to transition Mm -hmm. to what's next and knowing what my options are. Wow. So cool. So two things, one, and you can answer whichever one first, have you ever walked away from a DJing experience? You're like, I totally bombed that (laughs) so bad and like had to work through like shame and embarrassment. I'm curious about that uh, medicine. And then two, yeah, I would love to touch on uh, cause I did the guided breath work mm. journey. I don't know. What do you call it exactly? It's called the guided rhythmic breath work. Yes. So I did that this morning. I was like, I want to do that before, because that for the soul fam sitting with us today, the guided rhythmic breath work will be the closing ceremony. It's Shiva's offering. It just felt perfect as a musician and as a DJ for rather than doing it live for you to experience how she does this weaving and how she creates the space through her recordings. And so I want to get into that. So let's do the first one, the other one first. Yeah. I have 100% stepped away from so many events being like, I bombed that. And there's so many variations of that. There's variations of that where I prepared a set and executed it and mixed everything perfectly, but I just was not feeling myself. Mm. I felt very insecure on stage. So I've, I've dealt with a lot of stage fright and anxiety. So that's been one piece where I'm like, oh, the shame of that has been really huge for me. Interesting. So how do you, because I, I understand in my own different way, also being someone who has been on stage countless times in tons of different forms, whether opening hip hop concerts or opening shamanic journeys in the middle of Bryant Park and Manhattan, like I mean, in tons of different environments. And so I know certain triggerings and things that I have to watch out for and things that I have to really navigate and it can be intense. So what do you do if there's a certain event where you can feel that peace kind of lifting up inside of you and you're just like, Oh boy, this is going to be one where that insecurity is going to, or that stage fright is going to be present. Like how do you keep holding the line and like working your way through that? Yeah. That's a great question. And I'd love to hear some of your tips because I'm sure you have so many and it's something that I'm certainly still working on. It's, it's like a moment to moment thing. And I have to catch myself because I've had so much history of that fear come up in my body. For me, what's been my medicine is truly feeling the music, Mm -hmm. like really feeling the music. And it's a lot of it is pre-paving before I get to the stage. Yes. Because once I'm on the stage, it's almost like it's too late. (laughs) Yeah. There's no turning back. You just want to run off stage and like, yeah. And I also am behind the comfort zone of my DJ controller and my headphones. So there is a bit of a, it's like being in a spaceship. There is a bit of a comfort zone there. And then getting in front of that is something that I'm getting even more comfortable with. It's like, okay, now there's no protective barrier here, but something that's really helped me is doing mirror work, mirror work and dancing with myself as an extension of my morning practice. So a lot of mornings, even this morning in the hotel, I, I meditate, I do my breath work, and then I put on my Bluetooth headphones 
and I just play music that I love really loud and I dance and I watch myself in the mirror mm. and I allow myself to just be silly or sexy or whatever, like whatever my body's feeling and to give love to my body and to experience myself and to really feel the music, really feel the music. And so when I catch myself on stage being too aware yeah. of other people's awareness of me, right. I tap back into the sound and I, I almost, it's almost like a shield, like this energetic shield goes around me and I kind of lock back into myself yeah. and then I have fun. And I, and a lot of it too is like allowing myself to be silly when I move, mm-hmm. you know, like it's okay to be silly mm-hmm. too. Like that's part of it. And the last little piece, just to close this little portal up on those times where you felt like you bombed or just were too in your head or whatever, when it's done, <clears throat> what do you do when you get back to the hotel or back home? Like, are you just saying kind, loving things to yourself? Are you just going back to the overall trust and what presents is what is meant to present and what happens is meant to happen? Like, what do you shift into post event to kind of move your way out of that shamey, like, Oh God, I just bombed. (laughs) That's a great question. In the beginning days, it was just a stewing and a rumination of the experience and replaying it over and over. It would probably go on for (laughs) a few days. For days and then traumatize me. And then I'd get on stage again. And it was like, now I'm like still traumatized. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm, it's like fearing that it's going to happen again. Yeah. Now I sort of just look at it like a scientist and try to just observe the data and take the emotion out of it. And it's like, I'll I'll put on my lab coat and I'll ask myself, well, what went well? Mm-hmm. Like, let's celebrate what went well. That's always a good thing. To right. Know. Yes. But then I ask myself, what needs work? How could I have improved? What went wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Technically wrong, but not really. And then how can I improve? Mm-hmm. So it's just observing it from an outsider almost and supporting myself in optimizing yeah. for the next experience. So good. Hey fam, I hope you're enjoying today's lovely Ceremony Circle podcast voyage. This is just a quick note to remind you that Animal Power Book My first book is officially out in the world right now. It has been released. And even before it was released, it was being rated as the top new release on Amazon in both the shamanism and angel and spirit guide categories. I'm so thankful to all of you who have already purchased the book. But for those of you who haven't, Animal Power 100 Animals to Energize Your Life and Awaken Your Soul is now available anywhere books are sold. You can go to your independent bookstores. You can go to Target, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you please. And you can pick up a copy for yourself and your friends. Within the book, I share with you what power animals are, how to connect with power animals, why you want to, and there are 100 different power animal allies featured. Each has a full page of embodied, vibrant, colorful artwork done by the late William Santiago out of Brazil. And then there are energy messages and power practices that are rituals and ceremonies you can do to deepen your relationship with the animal. And there are also stories from other shamans and spiritual teachers from all around the world. They talk about an animal that changed their life 
This is the project that I am most honored to co-create and to bring out into the world. It is powerful. This book is definitely a living, breathing medicine book. And I have been so enjoying all of your personal stories of what you've been experiencing with it since you have gotten it in your hands. So you can, again, go to anywhere books are sold, or you can go to my website, alisoncharles.com backslash animal power. And when you order the book there, you also get a free video guided shamanic journey that I facilitate with my drum for you to meet your current power animal. All right, guys, back to the show. For me, my saving grace, it's not rocket science. It's something I I talk about all the time, but it's just the surrender piece. Before I go on stage now to either give a talk or guide a shamanic journey or whatever it is that I'm supposed to offer that day, my trust in Great Spirit and Great Mother Earth and my own soul at this point, you know, what I do in the days leading up to said talk or journey and my accessing in and getting the visions and and receiving the messages of what the container is that I am to hold and transmit, like oftentimes, and I'm sure you can relate to this, like oftentimes the instructions I'm given can be very surprising. And I, I always go back to this one event, this big globally known fashion brand hired me. This is when I lived in New York for 13, whatever years. And they hired me to come in for this uh, launch event of their spring line or whatever. And there was, it was just like a room full of like PR people and, you know, like industry folks. And when I accessed in to understand what I was supposed to do with these people, the instructions, I was like, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. Like, are the, like these people... They're, they're not ready for this or whatever, but I trusted, I truly live by the calls. And so I left that event knowing that there weren't that many people that enjoyed me, but that wasn't what I, I wasn't there to be enjoyed that night. You know what I mean? And so I just have to always, I truly, my saving grace is just trusting in that surrendered instruction and flow and guidance and knowing as a medicine woman, I'm not always meant to taste of good medicine, you know, (laughs) and what I am supposed to, I'm there to be of service. Yeah. I resonate with that surrender piece because I think that's ultimately what I'm tapping into when I tap into the music and I return to the music and return to that sound is surrendering to the frequencies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and speaking of like the frequencies, so when I did the guided rhythmic breath work that you um, will share with everyone else at the end of today's show, I did that this morning and I have a, I feel a very good sense of you and that's why you're sitting here and that's why I wanted to have you on this show. And I was glad to hear you're like, oh, I have a breathwork journey that I want to share because we haven't done too many breathworks for the closing ceremony. So everything was feeling good. However, me knowing the potency of breathwork, there was like a little thread in me that I was like, oh gosh, like, are we going to need to explain to some folks? Because I think in the soul fam that listens, there are people that have are seasoned spiritual path walkers and others this is their first gateway in is like sitting in these ceremonies with myself and the guests. And I'm sure there'll be people that have never done a breathwork session at all that will now be doing yours. 
And having the experiences I've had with breathwork, it is one of the most powerful modalities that we can experience for healing for any infinite number of things. I mean, I've had some of the wildest, trippiest experiences of my life occur through breathwork. So even before I sat in hit play, I was being taken on a whole journey of my own of like wanting to make sure that the soul fam is held in safe space. You know what I mean? And it was so cool then to experience your work because I can feel the container you hold and even your prompts that you give, like if your whole body is tingling and you feel like you might pass out, everything is okay. I'm like, okay. So she said that. So you let them know that. Cause I'm like, are we going to need to give this whole like two minute thing before we close today's episode, just letting people know all of these things. Cause again, breathwork can be so powerful, but in your explaining of bringing in the shadow and the light, I felt the presence of that in the music, in the breathwork. I can't remember specifically what the sounds were, but I remember they were like lighter, like nature-y, animal-y sounds at some point, but then it went into other zones too. And I had a really great experience and we're not closing the episode yet, but somehow we just arrived here. So is there, while we're on this topic, is there anything you want to share about this particular journey or breathwork in general, just to start layer one of setting the tone for how we're going to close today? Yeah. Yeah. I love your experience of that. And this is my first experiment with producing a breathwork track and there's seven of my tracks in there and it was inspired by the Wim Hof breath technique and it was something that I was doing every morning and also kundalini yoga was a big part of my Mm. spiritual awakening and I started creating these healing tracks out of necessity through healing my own body from an autoimmune condition and so the tracks are very personal to me And breath work has been one of the most powerful techniques, as you said, Mm -hmm. to get me out of my head much faster than just meditation. And so I really, I think the most powerful piece about this breath work track that uh, makes it a bit more unique is that after the breath work, there is a 10 minute meditation to reintegrate back into your body and absorb all of the benefits of all of mm. the work you just did through the breathing. I would say the last 10 minutes are the most profound mm. if you sit with it and you stay with it. Yeah. Yeah. It was really so beautiful. And so, yeah, soul fam, listen to your own being, listen to your own body. And yeah, you definitely do hold a really beautiful space. I, I now look forward to because breath work has been coming in, like do more of me, do more of me. And it's been for some reason, I don't really know why, because I enjoy breath work. Like there's certain forms of yoga. I really resist because I just don't like, I like Kundalini, but I just, I'm not a flow. I just, I'm not that gal and I resist it. And I just have accepted my resistance to most forms of yoga, but breath work I like. And yet, even though the instruction for me to do more of it in the last few months has been coming in, I just haven't really been answering fully that instruction. So I'm glad that now I have your track to do in the morning. It felt good for me to do it in the morning to just, cause I like to yes. set my day from a space like that. And yeah, it took me a lot of different places. It was a really beautiful journey and your prompts felt just really spot on and right. So I look forward to 
the soul fam going on this breathwork journey at the end. And if you're new to breathwork, just go find the rhythm and flow that feels of honoring yes. yourself. You and know? I totally get the resistance piece because breathwork is work, right? It's yes. Breath work. Like yes. Yes. You're going, it takes work to breathe in that capacity. And so the purpose of the track is to gamify it, is to create, you know, you're following the music. So it's almost like you get to surrender to the sound. Mm. I call my meditation experiences return to sound. And it's returning to sound not only as a music, but vibration and your frequency, your resonant vibration. And so it's this meshing of utilizing sound and rhythm to tune into yourself and the track really just helps you ease into breath work if you've never done it before it is a good entryway even though I have that particular breathing can be a little bit more challenging I would say it's not necessarily a beginner's breath work but I think it can be I think it can be I think it can be too yeah. it, it just I, I think it's helpful to go in with maybe an extra level of self-awareness and just being conscious and listening to your body and attuning especially if it's new because it can evoke so many unique sensations that might be the first time you're ever feeling them it can be an intriguing process so, but yeah, I will trust, I trust, and it's all going to be divine. And yeah, yeah. All right. So enough about that. Thanks for talking our way through that. So I would love for you, you mentioned that you now mentor artists, and I think this would be good to dive into because I believe within every human walking this planet, whether it's a tiny little fragment of a thread or like a massive all-encompassing feeling, everyone wants to be a rock star or like, you, you know what I mean? Maybe not touring around the world and making it your profession, but I think just ingrained in, in all human beings that, that desire to connect with beats and perhaps express through singing or sound or just the, the muse of the artist within all of us, the idea of maybe getting on a stage and creating and, and performing, I think it lives within all of us. And so I'm sure even if there are people listening that have been bank tellers their whole life, like maybe deep down inside, they're like, wait, she mentors artists. You know what I'm saying? And so I would love for you to explain a little bit how that all works. Yeah. Yeah. This is an offering that I just started sharing in the past year. And it's just been such an incredibly fulfilling journey. I've always been uh, a healer and teacher at my core. Mm. And I've done that through sound. And now I get to actually do that. What you said about all of us wanting to be rock stars at our core, there's that piece there. And I think, yeah, it's like, we all just want to be seen mm -hmm. and celebrated. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think even as children, when we were kids, we'd go like dance around the living room and be like, mommy, look at me. And or like get with your siblings and choreograph dances. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it wasn't even like ego back then. It was just a pure wanting to be seen and celebrated and enjoy yourself. And so I like to tap back into that pureness with people that come to me wanting to be successful on their music journey and really acknowledging the pureness in that. 
but also helping eliminate the ego that comes with that as well Mm -hmm. through tapping into being a successful human on a daily basis Mm -hmm. with yourself. Right. And that's been my biggest journey is harnessing my focus. And that's what I'm really passionate about sharing with artists. What I do in the mentorship is a combination of spiritual energetic guidance as a creative things that I've learned and picked up over the years that have guided me in understanding of this vibrational universe and manifestation, how things, how I've attracted things. I've never had a manager. I've never had a booking agent and things just come to me and they continue to come. And hold exactly where you are. But I want to also affirm, you know, that's been the same for me too. And so I'm speaking and adding to this because we're both living, breathing testaments to when you truly show up for your soul's calling and earth mission, it really can happen in this way that we're speaking of. Yeah, I've had friends and strangers and acquaintances like reach out to me or ask me like, who's your publicist or who's your PR person or who's your manager or who's your, and I'm like, God, truly, I know it's the corniest thing to say, but it's God, goddess. Like I, um, I, I mean, in true, in all honesty, the only time I've had a publicist is through my publisher. Like when you publish a book, they have them in house and it's just part of what comes along with being a published author, but I've never hired one. I've never, yeah, especially early days and all of the big events and things that I would get hired for in New York city. It was truly just through organic energetics and word of mouth. And so, yeah, yeah, it can absolutely happen that way. Yeah. Yeah. I've watched it happen for them dozens of people and I've watched it happen for them through our experience together. And it's really just been the power of them harnessing their own commitment and devotion to themselves. Mm -hmm. Cause that's been my journey and that's been my greatest lesson. And I feel like everyone that I have the honor to, to support is a mirror and an extension of me and something that I've experienced in the past that I get to help them walk through and to see them and support them on that journey. And yeah, so it, it is a combination of that spiritual awareness, but also deeply practical support on just harnessing their days, mastering their days and their focus so that they can show up and actually execute the vision and the dream. Mastering the mundane, really, of just waking up And getting into the habit of focusing on their number one most important thing, which what they're coming to me for is their number one most important thing is to create their art. Mm. And so that's been one of my greatest lessons that I'm so excited to get to share now. And so can you give one example what kinds of artists are coming to you? Are they people, let's take me for example, um, because of my background in radio and TV and, and also the medicine name Rockstar Shaman, I mean, for a lot of different reasons and I just enjoy creating, I have in the past and want to create more in, in the future of things similar to your breathwork track where, yeah, it's guided journeys with different soundscapes behind it. Like, is it people like me who are also healers and want to have different offerings to live on their website or who's coming to you? 
Yeah, it is a combination of DJs and music producers who are either emerging artists, just beginning, or established. And they are mostly healers. Uh huh. And they're tapping into what I'm doing and they are wanting to find their or fine tune their unique expression of how to combine healing arts mm. with music and art, music and sound. And that's been really cool to discover and see that I'm attracting the people that are wanting to also experience healing and share healing through music. Love that. And so is the mentorship container, is it like a four month journey they go on with you or how does it? Yeah. Current, currently it is a three month journey. Okay. Yes. Yes. I did a two month journey for my first group and now I'm doing a three month journey because it's just, it feels right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Well, we always put the guest show notes or information in the show notes and in the Instagram posts. So I'll be sure to um, have everything listed. If this is speaking to you, you can get in touch with her and inquire. So before we close, I, I saw, I think it was on your Instagram bio. Some of these words were used sorceress of sound, loved that. And then, um, there was something about self-mastery and I loved mm. that you used those two words, self-mastery, because I truly believe in the quote, once you know yourself, you know, the world. It's when we devote and commit to just the infinite exploration of the oddity of who we are, which we are. I just, for some reason, the last few days, I just can't quit like every, and I'm included in what I'm about to say. I'm not outside of this, but I just feel like everything that I'm watching and especially in terms of just whether it's people I don't know on social media or close friends or like, you know, people I love, I'm just so, I'm just so astounded at how freaking weird we all are. I don't know <laughs> what is going on, but I'm just, that medicine is so present for me. Just how odd and absurd and strange, like what we do and how we do it and our behaviors. And I'm just, I'm very, that's like the lens that I'm seeing everything through right now. I'm just fascinated by how weird we all are. And with that self-mastery piece, why do you feel that's so important that, you know, those little Instagram bios, you can't have too many words mm -hmm. in there, but yet you put those two in there. And what is one thing you have discovered about yourself in your journey of self-mastery, mm -hmm. whether it's something you were really proud of or like a shadow piece where you're like, holy shit, um, mm -hmm. whoa, I've been doing that for 10 years and never saw it until now. Um, yeah. On a general level, the biggest piece of awareness from diving into self-mastery is that everything's connected. Mm. What I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, what's happening in my body, the interactions that I'm attracting, the gigs that I'm attracting, the music that I'm making. I can't have a happy ending to an unhappy journey. Mm. That's been a huge piece. So presence with myself and how I'm feeling is an indicator of what I'm broadcasting vibrationally. I love that. I'm just kind of sitting with that. Just letting everyone sit in that as well. Yeah, I think that's, that's really important. And that is a piece I return to and go to all the time is exactly 
what you just said. And for some reason, this little story is coming in. I passed a kidney stone two mornings ago. Oh my God. Congratulations. Thank you. It was a home birth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I oh know little goodness. Luke and I are first crystal baby. <laughs> yeah. And I Oof. think there's, yeah, something about the interconnectivity that brought that story in. Yeah. So it, it was not my first kidney stone. I mean, thankfully or not thankfully, thankfully, because when it hit, I knew what it was because it was not my first rodeo. But the other side of that is the fact that I've passed like this was number six or seven. So I've had many kidney stones. It's been a whole interesting journey for me since college. That was my first one. First one, I got hospitalized. I had no idea what was going on. Thought I was like dying. It was crazy pain, throwing up bile on the way to the hospital, like had to keep pulling the car over to expel. And then like drive closer to the hospital, pull over, throw up more. Um, and then that when I had got admitted to, into the hospital and then after five, six, seven days of being in there and it not passing on its own, they had to go in surgically with like a little basket and like grab the stone, pull her out. And then it's just been so intriguing for me in the five or six since that first one, every single birthing of these little crystal babies has been so different. I have passed them in various states, like literally, like whether it's New York City or Florida or Indiana or Texas. And the last two, the one before this one, I was in Brooklyn. It was my first home birth. It hit, I was at my friend, Kate Wolf. She's a stand-up comedian. I was at her comedy show. And as we were leaving, it hit. And I was like, I am passing a kidney stone, take me home. And I had a 10 hour labor and ended up passing her on my own. But this one hit, so it was two mornings ago and it was about three in the morning. And for the first hour I worked with it on my own. And then I was like, I need to tell Luke. So I woke him up. I was like, honey, I'm passing a stone. And the second that I told him, it gave my body this like permission. It went into full kidney stone labor. I mean, it started to move and I could literally feel every centimeter that this jagged calcified stone was trying to travel through my, I don't know if it's the ureter or the urethra. I, I was getting confused, but, um, I was able to have this home birth. It was the biggest stone I've ever passed. It was humongous. God. It was the most painful one I've ever passed, but I was able to birth her in like three hours. So I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm celebrating this home birth, but you know, as Luke and I are preparing to start a family of our own. And again, with this interconnectivity piece and just being mm. present to the why and the medicine and the sacredness with everything. Like I just know my body, it was another layer of preparation for my, that my body needed to clear this stone out. And I felt things in the last few months that my body's doing to just get to a place of readiness for us to hopefully start a family and conceive. And so I certainly wasn't anticipating telling the kidney stone <laughs> crystal baby birthing story today, but she wanted to be spoken of. So I don't know where we go from well, there. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. And I'm so sorry you had to experience that, but I love that we landed on where you're going next. Yeah. And that's really exciting. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's where we close today. Anything that you, that we didn't get to, I mean, there's so much just about like your awakening. I mean, your backstory that we just didn't land on, but I surrender and trust that we were taken to where we were supposed to go today. And I just want to be mindful of your time since I know you're flying back to, to California, but anything that we didn't talk about, that's just, you could feel bubbling up that wanted to be spoken of. And two, what you just said with me, like how you were like, oh, I'm excited for where your life is going. 
if you want to share something you're excited about where your life is going. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I have been enjoying mentorship more than I anticipated. Wow. It has truly been a gift for me in a selfish way as I'm giving my all to everyone. When I work with people, it is, I don't have a set course. It's truly customized on the spot, <laughs> one-on-one personalized. And I'm, I'm giving my heart to every artist that I choose to work with. With that being said, the past few months, past like last year, actually half, half the year, I was so devoted to it. I ironically put my art on the back burner mm -hmm. because it was taking up so much energy and I was not used to that amount of holding space for so many people. Yes. It, it's a lot. It's a lot. I can attest. And I, I definitely helped me empathize with therapists and healers and coaches who do that type of work because it takes a lot of energy. Yeah. And you're not just holding it during the time when you're on Zoom or the phone or however you're working with people or in person. Like it, if you're in a three-month container with a client or a group of clients, you're holding that container 24 hours a day the entire three months. Yes. And I didn't have as much energy for my creativity and for people in my life. So now I am still so excited to, to offer the mentorship, but I am choosing to work with a smaller group mm -hmm. and fully committed to showing up and continuing my number one passion, my love, which is creating my art. Mm -hmm. So right now I am working on my next version of what Return to Sound is, my meditative base experience, my breathwork tracks, the live experience. So that's what I'm working on now as long as, as well as mentoring artists. So I'm just so excited. I feel like it's been, as I said earlier, I felt like a late bloomer, but I know that it's just been so perfect and I trust and I surrender to the path that I'm on and I feel more clear and more aligned than I ever have in my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so excited to continue to stay in that mm. devotion and that surrender and to use my, my craft and my passions to, to serve and to help support others heal as well. Oh, oh rattle mm -hmm. wants to be rattled on that. <laughs> yes. I mean, those two words, devotion and surrender. I mean, that's sums me up and my walk up as well. And I too am clearer than ever before, happier than ever, ever before, more filled with gratitude than ever before, um, aligned. I mean, just all the things that one might pray to experience in life. I feel pretty much all of them simultaneously richer and fuller and more present than ever before. And I really attribute that for myself as well to those two words, having my awakening at this point, I, I don't know, it's something like 12 ish <clears throat> years ago, but ever since finally then through that veil lifting, surrendering, and then learning how to walk in true devotion and, and truly living by the calls of divine. It's that that has provided just endless peace. And like, it's just, opened up the most miraculous, I mean, it's brought with it 
the craziest shit and like feeling the wildest feels and the fullest life experiences. But through all of that alchemy, it has arrived me to this place where I just feel so, so divinely strong and clear and centered and grateful due to devotion and surrender. So I love that you brought those two essences in and if it speaks to anyone, I mean, opening yourself up if you haven't already, you know, and if it's resonating, opening yourself up to surrender and devotion to your soul's true calling and and earth mission for this earth walk. Like it's just, it's ineffable. You can't really put words to it, but it just opens a path that is wildly miraculous and wonderful. Right. Absolutely. Well said. I tried. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's ineffable, but I try. So I guess that feels like some good juicy places to end on devotion and surrender For people, I listen to the track on Spotify, but let's go ahead and tell them how, because I'm sure they're like, I want to thrust my pelvis. Yes, (laughs) let's do it. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. So um, you can find me Shiva Rasa everywhere. It's easy. There's no other Shiva Rasas out there. Cool. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. You can find me on um, Instagram. Mainly I have all of my links on there. And uh, the breath work is also on YouTube as well. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, sister, for joining, taking time. I know it was a tight trip, but I was like, when I found out you're coming to town, I was like, oh, let's try to make this happen in person. So I appreciate you coming out this way to Hill Country and just, even though you're flying out in a couple hours, thanks for making it happen. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, Soul Fam, thanks for sitting with us. And you're about to enter in to Shiva Ross's guided rhythmic breathwork session enjoy we'll see you on the other side welcome i'm shiva rasa this is a return to sound guided breathwork meditation find a comfortable place to relax you can sit lay down wherever you are allow yourself to relax and close your eyes it's time to return to sound and return to the power of your breath. Are you ready? Here we go. Round number one. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Find your rhythm with the breath. more. 
last one, full inhale, and on the exhale, stop. Hold the breath for 60 seconds, starting now. Be here now. circular disc moving in and out, in and out. No pause between the breath, in, out. You're almost there. Your cells 
recalibrating. Let this energy circulate. the breath for 90 seconds starting now. Observe. Feel the energy in your body. The power that creates worlds flowing through you. One, 
Take a deep breath in and sustain for 15 seconds.
access this place anytime by simply returning back to your breath. Return to this practice as you need or as a daily ritual and trust from this space you will be inspired to the perfect action What a beautiful, powerful voyage that was. It truly brings me so much joy and activates and lights me up to be able to sit with these incredible teachers, leaders, and masters from all over the world. So to learn more about them, just head to my website where all of the show notes and their details are listed. That's alisoncharles.com, A-L-Y-S-O-N, C-H-A-R-L-E-S.com. And remember, what makes Ceremony Circle Podcast so unique is that at the end of every single episode, you're able to immerse in a potent guided ritual practice or ceremony for your empowerment. So please feel free to make note of the practices that you really resonate with the ones that really light up your soul and come back to those episodes anytime, any day. You can use them as your daily practices. And I recommend starting your day with one of them at your altar space. Ah, it's been an honor voyaging with you today. And I would so truly appreciate if you'd open your heart to take a quick few seconds to drop a review on Apple, sharing what you love most or appreciate most about Ceremony Circle Podcast. Receiving those reviews is so helpful and allows us to continue to share this valuable content. And don't forget, if you haven't already gotten your copy of my new best-selling book, Animal Power, you can do so anywhere books are sold, or I most recommend going to my website. Again, that's allisoncharles.com backslash animal power, because when you purchase for you and your friends there, you get a free video guided shamanic journey to meet your current power animal that I facilitate. Animal Power Book is a modern day compendium featuring 100 different power animals, what each animal represents, their wisdom messages for you, guided practices and stories from all over the world. I personally put the book up to my heart each morning at my altar, and I ask which animal most wants to work with me that day. And then I simply close my eyes and flip the book open to the page I'm guided. And let me tell you, I have been deeply moved to tears on many occasions. 
and I can't wait for you to experience it as well. I worked on this book for many, many years, and it's now my greatest honor to have it available for you. So anytime animals reveal themselves for you, you can just head to Animal Power Book and see what that animal is trying to get your attention for. All right, Soul Fam, let's unite again in our next episode coming out next week so we can sit together and continue to activate greater consciousness energies for everyone. Much love. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.